Welcome back to the one and only Minority Report Film Podcast, the review edition, and this is your colorful perspective into Ghostbusters Afterlife. If Red Minorities are here reporting for duty, my name is Raul, and here with me, I got, of course, Mr. Moshama. Hello, everyone. I say, of course, now, you know, but there was a point in time where it wasn't, of course. <laughs> also with me, I got Mr. Izzy Dre. What's up? And back again is that guy, Colby Mack from Colby Told Me. Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy, Colby Mack. Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control. Oh. Now, we all know that would have been way better in the movie. I knew he was going to sing. Oh, man, I am ready to get into this one. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready. But before we do, hey, make sure you check us out on all the socials at mreportpod on Twitter, on Instagram. Hit us up and also check out the site, mreportpod.com, written content, goodies in there, lots of stuff to check out. Make sure you check it out, mreportpod.com. Tom. First up and only on the report today is our quick non-spoiler general thoughts, followed by a spoiler-filled conversation of Ghostbusters Afterlife. When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Written by Jason Reitman and Gil Kennan, Directed by Jason Reitman, starring Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhart, McKenna Grace, Logan Kim, and Celeste O'Connor. Shama, you uh, fill us up, uh, catch us up on the... Uh, yeah, Shama, crazy. go ahead and fill us up too. <laughs> go ahead, bro. <laughs> Shama, can you catch us up on the... Uh, Crazy roller coaster that the release dates for this movie has been on, or that this movie has been on as far as release dates. You know what I'm trying to say? Sure, that's like part of our everyday life in the industry and the movie business, like a continuation of the unprecedented times of our lives and the unprecedented year of 2020 and what happens after 2020, which is like we are at the end of 2021, but we just feel that like the pandemic just started yesterday. 2020, 2020 hasn't ended yet. Yeah, we're still exactly, going. exactly. Ghostbusters, of course, has been affected, especially like Sony as a company does not have a streaming service. So it was always uh, risky for them when to release their film. And you know that like they will make lots amount of money with Spider-Man, the new one at the end of this year. But they they had at least to, to secure some profits within the years. So they decided that this movie originally was scheduled to be released on July 10th of 2020, the week after 4th of July of last year. Sony, of course, like after the pandemic started last year, they pushed it to March 5th of 2021. And then they pushed it again to October 21st of 2020. Like they pulled it back. Like they pulled it back when things got better to October uh, of last year. Then they decided to push it to summer of this year without uh, setting a date. Then they were they were not able to find a spot in July, so they pushed it to September. Then they got scared by Shang-Chi at that time and how Marvel will, will compete. At that. So they decided to push the movie to November 9th of 2021. And then they pushed it again to November 19th of 2021. Wow. Uh, Shama, when are we going to get Sony Plus? I don't think it it will happen. So, but so, Sony's had Sony has a tough time because, granted, yes, they are a film studio, but they're also like a technological conglomerate. So, right, right, their right. goal is that, like they were trying to make the what the PlayStation whatever like that was the PlayStation View was supposed to be that it just didn't end up the working out that way, you know exactly, exactly. which which kind of sucks because I mean like there's a right. one show Powers that I wanted to watch didn't get around to it. Um, it still has a, a great platform, right? But I just do not know why. I don't know. I, 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 they probably got a concentrate on other stuff. So they're uh, weird. Okay. Sony lately like um, uh, did this um, 
affiliation joint thing with uh, Movies Anywhere, which as everybody knows, it's like what we used to call to be called Disney Movies Anywhere, where Disney United, like Warner Brothers, Universal, 20th Century Fox at that time, and Sony to be part of uh, under the, the same umbrella uh, and compete against Ultraviolet, which uh, bankrupt and like uh, disintegrated now, which is like, doesn't exist. But lately they started like doing movies anywhere on uh, special deals on uh, their play on PlayStation to have more discounted rates so people can buy their movies on the PlayStation platform and they show up on their Voodoo account, on their Microsoft account, on their YouTube, Google account, yeah. on their iTunes, on their uh, Android Play Store. And they are getting more discounted price using the PlayStation platform. But the Sony Plus, I don't think it will happen. Even with the wide, wide uh, library that they have from Columbia Pictures, I think they are looking forward like to to do something under another streaming service. Okay, okay. Well, let's get into our general thoughts on this Ghostbusters Afterlife. This Ghostbusters comeback? I don't want to call it a comeback. I feel like it's a, it's it's it's, its own thing. It's not a reboot. It's not a. Reboot. It feels like a comeback. Uh, I'm going to start with Drizzy Dre. Drizzy Dre, give us general thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, from the trailer, I had high hopes. Hmm. And I wasn't disappointed. And it was good. I think the first and second acts are really good. And the third act is kind of okay. But the first two acts definitely made up for that third act. And so it didn't really... It didn't really hurt the film as much as it could have. Sure. Yeah. I think people should go see it. All right. Shama, general thoughts, sir. Non-spoiler. Non-spoiler. As Dre said, like, um, the trailer was promising. I did not see the trailer till, like, very late, late in the game. I tried, like, to avoid it because... Honestly, I did not have high expectations. While I know that like the Reitman family are trying like to make sure that like everything will look amazing and bringing back like Ghostbusters in a strong way, I did not have high expectations. But after watching this movie, I was squeaking, jumping in my seat from happiness. I enjoyed every single minute of the first hour and 45 minutes of the movie to the ultimate, to the 100%. And then um, the third act, as Dre said, it, 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 it did not keep up to what they introduced in the first and second act. But overall, I am uh, happy. I am uh, mesmerized by like how they were able to bring this franchise back without being on the nose and without being cheesy. And we will go into this in the details afterwards. Did you actually squeak like in the theater? I was. I was like jumping. I said, oh my gosh, I'm in love. I'm in love. I used to say like this, like in my seat, like I am happy with like, see, like the idea of seeing um, uh, homage and payback and tributes to certain things from the original movies, like it's always great, but like sometimes it, it bothers me on how they bring it up on the screen. Here, for me, it wasn't. It was just like there somewhere. For the fans, they can see it. For the non-fan, they are enjoying the movie in a way that it's not bothering them that like they do not understand. Like sometimes people that are not big fans of a certain franchise, they are like sitting down. Oh, what is going on? No, here they're just like you are watching a great movie from the beginning. That like if it's one, if it's by its own, it's not uh, missing anything. You know, so that's that's what I was enjoying from the very beginning. And there is harmony between like the dialogue and the performance. And we will dive into the details afterwards. But like, yeah, I was I was happy. Cool. cool, cool. Well, I'll go next. You know, I got to say, you know, agreeing with you guys, the trailers for this one set it up really well. Um, I knew what I was getting. I was excited for it. And it delivered on what it promised. The cinematography is effective and gorgeous. The writing is sharp and witty. The pacing is solid, and the performances are strong. You know, to I want to highlight a couple of people. You know, like I absolutely love McKenna Grace. She's such a good actress, and you can't help but get caught up in her charm, like the entire movie. She's just so good. Her character is so funny, and well written, um, and it, it's a character that 
another actor could easily make make it uncomfortable and make it unlikable to the point where like you don't you you really can't jive with the character but she really 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 carries like the dialogue is written perfectly for her and her delivery is just incredible and so it helps her pop throughout the film rather than like put her at odds with the audience that's watching her Paul Rudd I mean he's just the sexiest man alive you know and he does his Paul Rudd thing as well as he always does um you know sticking with what you guys said echoing some of what you guys talked about my main downside is also the third act um the third act starts aggressively pandering to the fanboys and girls um and kind of tosses aside what the first two acts set up um you know without spoilers like those first two acts are so so good i spent more more than half of the film in absolute awe just feeling like wow this film is is really on its way to being one of my favorite films of the year easily um and again without getting into details like the last act just gets cheesy like there's something as soon as we enter that third act it gets cheesy and though it didn't ruin the film for me it does hurt it for me quite a bit and i'm sure that a lot of those or most of those that did not grow up with the originals are going to feel very similar um because like shama said like the first half of the film is very cleverly placed nostalgic things that some everybody's going to miss something and the more knowledge you have of course the more you're going to get and then you know even for me that like i haven't seen those movies in over 20 years i saw them when i was small and that's it um i was able to catch a couple of things that really really got me excited but i missed a lot of it because the film the first half of that film really really is its own thing and it feels like jason reitman has such a passion for finding a way to revive this in a way that the audience today can vibe with it. But that third act really, really lets us down, at least for me. And I can't get into details with this yet, but it does something to the characters from this film, the characters that are set up and established in this film, that really, really bothered me. Uh, But I'm going to get into that a little bit more later. Colby Mack, let's get with you. General thoughts, non-spoiler, let's go. Yo, I get where you're coming from, but I'm gonna have to like gravely, gravely, my dude, disagree. Yo, this movie was such a ball. You don't see Shama squealed. I shouted, I hollered, I said, oh my God, Janine! Sorry to spoil that. Number one, Janine was a baddie then. She's a baddie now, bruh. Um, whoo, Janine. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yo, this movie was so much fun. Drake started out. The trailer was one of the best trailers that we saw. There was a majesty that the film was paying tribute to the way that the trailer was cut that made this seem like a kind of, I guess, you know, because of the genre, a spiritual successor and sequel because it very much is that. And we've seen movies time and time again over the past decade to take properties that were 20 years ago and try to come out with sequels and they've fallen super hard in their face, i.e. Zoolander 2. True. Of course, of course, you get a couple of exceptions, like with Anchorman and stuff like that. But even Anchorman too, it, it was kind of riding in line to being like, but it kind of works. Yo, this movie works so so well. It's definitely one of those films that could have been very overbearing and just like be this just annoying platter of nostalgia porn. But thankfully, it's not. Bro, I think you were onto something. I think Jason Reitman understands because he's kind of. He's he, he's he's a young Gen Xer, right? He's the older Zenial. Like he's in my crew, right? Where we grew up with these properties. And I love the way you put it. I haven't visited this movie since I watched it as a kid. 
So I'm not the super fan that's going to be looking out for every Easter egg that this movie's putting in it. But I trust Jason Reitman to have this kind of refined touch on being able to deliver the nostalgia, but still let this movie stand on its own. And to be honest with you, the first two acts, this movie can absolutely stand on its own. You know, a little person that pops up here, gone. A little reference here, gone. And it's not stuck on it where it's it's pigeon held to try to have to be relevant to that. And I think this cast is a really big credit along with the way that this film is written. I don't know McKenna Grace from nothing. She is fantastic. I love the choices that she made. It is hard to be able to get young actors right. One of Raul's favorite films is Super 8. And while I have, you know, an appreciation for that film, the kid actors didn't always work out for me. I like the fact that this kind of went against the formula and made our cast smaller. So that way I can be able to deal with the, the individual dynamic of the growth because this is your typical summer movie. Gosh, this movie would have played even better in the summer so folks can be able to see themselves. I said this like three in, times watching the movie. Right? Like, I said like, oh my gosh, this movie is a summer, in summer movie. In summer, in summer. Yeah, yeah. And it's reminiscent of the summer movies that I grew up on, right? Um, Like, you know, like uh, of the late 70s and 80s and where it's like, there's nothing to do. And look at this family, bro. This family is brought to the middle of literally nowhere, right? They even say it really funny inside that there's more people that have died in this town than who live here. Like that's... It's kind of interesting when you put it that way, but it's just, the town is called Somerville, right? This movie should not make sense. And I think that's where the third act does kind of get back into the campiness of the first and second film from the 80s. And I think we have to remember, this is very much a kid's movie. What's weird is that it's a very mature kid's movie in the first and second act, and then kind of goes back to what this property is known for. We have a villain named Gozer. Okay, it is a hokey villain and it's very much of the 80s. And I think that this sets the stage for this film to be able to do a lot of things going forward that makes it fun. And I got to tell you right now, whatever the way that this film was made and specifically in Dolby, I this is one of the one of my most favorite experiences to watch a movie in Dolby, because for the first time in a long time, this movie while watching feels exactly like what a theme park ride is supposed to be like, where I'm. I don't know how Universal did make this movie, to be honest with you. Like, it sucks that this is a Sony property because I just imagine the dark ride when I am inside of that, 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 that city scene and how much fun. This is a really, really fun movie that knows exactly what it is and it's hitting everything just in the right accord. I'm glad that, like you mentioned, like the theme park ride, the summer. These things, like I've seen, I've said, I've said them while, while I was watching the movie because, like, first of all, uh, shout out to Jason Reitman, like in in the way he was doing the sound mixing and sound designing, that he has a meeting with um, IMAX and Dolby to get the best experience out of their way of distributing their speakers. Like since like early 2020, even pre-COVID, like when the times when they were doing the post-production for the film, and it, watching this in Dolby, like the seats were shaking as if like you're really in like the Spider-Man ride at Universal. Like you feel the shake. You feel like the, the the rumbling. You feel like the vibration. You feel the sound. The sound. But this is movie, this movie was consistent throughout. Like there's been it's, other movies that have come out this he year. Did it. Yeah, he where did it's like a special version, yes. not the regular Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos only for uh, Dolby. No, it was a certain thing that like got the extreme usage of their speakers in a certain way, and it's a special post production in uh, to IMAX, special post production to Dolby. Like he did it himself. That's also, awesome. Like he's amazing. Like I loved, I loved Juno. I loved like um, Up in the Air. He has like this certain way of like making things very simple from the beginning, mm -hmm. and you're just like with him on the ride, and then suddenly he takes you like in a roller coaster. You know, like in the way he's doing filmmaking, he's talented, and to and he cannot like be more loyal to something that like his death was part of its creation. Yeah. That like the continuation should be in that way. So um, it's it's one of the best movies of the year and one of the best uh, continuation of a film, like bringing it back, uh, part two, part three, anything of this what happened throughout the years. I've never seen something that like was that loyal and the, not that cheesy like this movie so far. I got it. Before we get into spoilers, I want to address something. I don't know about you, Shaman, the Colby. This is not a kid's movie. I don't think it's a kid's movie. Oh, it's definitely a kid's movie. This is not a kid's movie. This is a family what, film. What, 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 at what most. you say it's a kid's movie? Is Super it's a coming a of age movie? story. Just because there's kids in it doesn't mean it's the audience is children. 
Mm. What's the description called for you for a kid's movie? Like, I, can you I, tell me like an example for movies throughout the years? Not every kid's movie needs to be a coming-of-age story, but this particular film, I would say if anybody's the lead in this film, is a kid. Yeah, it's but that kid. doesn't mean that the audience that is an adult. doesn't mean it's a kid's movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 the horror movie Antlers, there's a kid that's a main character. That's not a kid's movie. True, yeah. Well, yeah. one, I mean, this is—it's—it's an action adventure comedy. I mean, when I say that this is a kids movie, right? Like, like I'm thinking of like you know a movie like um um oh goodness gracious like The Sandlot, like Goonies, like like those summertime kids films where we have a kid we call at the front and center and we're seeing we're experiencing the story those are movies in this family. Those, those, those are like family like, yeah, teenage. I just, like, I feel like we these have are to kids address movies. this. But these are family. Movies. I feel like okay, I, okay. I, 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 I see what you mean. I mean, I don't know when I watched when I okay Stranger Things. To me, that's a kids show because they are kids. It's but it's not mature. It's for mature audience. It's for mature audience. It's one hundred percent not. My a kid's daughter show. until this moment wants to watch it. She has never seen it because like she's like nine or almost ten. But like she will. It's like mature audience. Yeah, and I think the reason why I want to address that it's not a kids movie. Because the kids' movie feels adolescent and immature, and I don't think this movie is either of those things. And I don't want it to deter older people yeah. going to go see it, because you should. I mean, I'm in my 30s. I loved it. We're all, you know, in our 30s or up, and it's we're fine. I mean, Sean was questionable. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in my 30s. And Paul Rudd, like, which is like 16 years older than me, he looks like 20 years younger than me. So like, I was does. so Come like, on. looking at him. What he never ages? All right, yo, uh, that's it for our non-spoiler general thoughts. We are about to get into the spoiler section. Um, if this is definitely a film that can be spoiled, I think if you're a fan, then you should definitely tune out. If you are not a fan of the Ghostbusters growing up, uh, you can listen at your own, you know. Uh, pleasure <laughs> you've been warned um but yeah i think i think if you have not seen the film you stop us here you go we appreciate the listen but you go watch the film enjoy it it's very enjoyable and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode to listen to our spoiler filled conversation again spoilers ahead spoilers never say die all right so uh I, the first thing we'll start addressing is it seems, especially with Colby, that we're having a disconnect in this third act. And so this is definitely spoilers. <laughs> but um, Colby, you know, did the third act, did you not have an issue with the third act? One, and it, it might have a lot to do with the fact that in your mind this is a kid's movie. And you're just accepting these, like, because I, I definitely feel that last act feels the least mature. Um it, so do you think that that affected how you saw it? Do you think it's your fan? Like you said, you haven't seen the movie in as long probably as I have. Um, do you think, I don't think it's your fandom because you don't seem to have a fandom because you haven't seen the movie. It's not like you watch this movie every year or anything like that, you know? Yeah, but I think I just, I, I know what that property, it is what it is, right? Like, you know, I could probably mix up the story of one and two way too easily. Like they all just kind of mosh oh, together. Yeah. I know one's got a, a dude come out of a painting. Another one's got this like pop singer who like you know you know does 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 the stuff you know um, and like you know I remember the like I remember bits and pieces of what made it work the key master and all this other stuff and Vigo and like and everything like that and I cannot distinctly differentiate in my mind I still believe that there's a Ghostbusters three and there's not <laughs> like I it, there was a time there was a time period like twenty years ago where a lot of people thought there was a Ghostbusters three because it was forever rumored. And there's just never been. Right? Shama, listen, I'm gonna throw Shama under the bus. He just asked me the other day if I watched Ghostbusters three. Ah! <laughs> you see what I'm saying? No, no. Like we, we that was we a joke the other day. But like, oh. really, I, I had this belief that like that the, there's Ghostbusters three. No, no, no. I was talking about like the the um, the what, Melissa McCarthy one. Um, oh. But like, like I, oh. I always like as a child, like I always like even I, sometimes I ask my mom like. Was there a Ghostbuster three? She said, "Like no, we all waited for it, but like time <laughs> went by. Like that, we, we we imagined that it's there, but it's not." You know. So in all, I, I completely, I still have not watched that Ghostbusters movie, right? With uh, Melissa McCarthy and me neither, yeah, and stuff like that. And it's not because I'm some like you know misogynistic jerk or anything like that. I just I, I didn't get around. To it. And I got and I got to be honest with you, I am not a big fan of Leslie Jones. I just find her shtick, and I feel like there's too many women in that cast. Where their shtick, it, it already wears on me solo. 
right? So, so it, it does. Sense. It does for me if too. If a group it of women were Ghostbusters, no, no, true. They wouldn't but, be wearing jumpers that are tan with these big machines. Like they would have figured wouldn't. out how to make it mobile. They would have looked that. sleek. It's yeah. just not. It's but just, it's fun. Yeah, I've, I've I've heard it's fun, and it sucks that yeah, it got like it, it got shitted on when it really shouldn't have been. Right? Like, and I will say, like, I, I did watch the first scene, and I was like. Oh, those effects look kind of cool. And I like um Thor. Like, yo, Chris Hemsworth, bro. I like yeah. him. But with this movie, I just knew that, like, okay, this is like a, a hokey kind of campy film. And if we're going to find a way to be able to integrate our old Ghostbusters back with this new one, it was going to kind of haphazardly kind of come together. It was very convenient. I love the phone call that McKenna Grace's character gave. I think we all knew it was going to come. Um, and I thought that the dialogue that she had um, with with, uh, with Sam, I thought it was really nice. I w- now, granted, Dan Aykroyd, yo, I love him. He He's not the same Dan Aykroyd as before in regards mm-hmm. to his timing and stuff like that. So that scene was a little bit too long. Um, and I... I like I said, if he was like, you know, he's no Bill Murray. I'll put it that way, right? <laughs> the, yeah, the the scene with him on the phone yeah. was like the first scene where I was like, oof. Yeah. Because like the, the yes. exposition through dialogue, my yeah. gosh. They're like, it's just like, oh, but a, tell a me about it. A better performer could have delivered what – like essentially what needed, to be, what needed to happen is that we understand – why there was a falling out. I will say it wasn't sold very well. It's still hard for me to believe yeah. how the togetherness of those four they were that oh now going forward I need to know where Bankman is. I need to know where you know where Ernie Hudson's character is. And in my mind I'm like yo they all came to blows with like dynamic and malevolent forces and you're just gonna like stop believing in my guy and he's just gonna like hold this to himself. So that was a little hard to believe but I'm gonna yeah. run with it because it built up enough like emotional cachet with me because ultimately at the crux of the story it's not about those ghostbusters right it's about this one right and it's about this young girl who is socially awkward who feels disconnected from her mother because her mother feels disconnected from her father because she doesn't know that her father was a ghostbuster and can, apparently- can i just um can i just correct something that you just said she's not socially awkward she communicates differently than what is considered the mass majority which is rudely considered normal um but it's not normal it's just what the mass majority do her way of communication is different, um, but I wouldn't say she's socially awkward. I think she's viewed as socially awkward, but she's not socially awkward. Viewed as socially awkward. I yeah, like that. got you. And, 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 and that's fair. And I'm glad that they don't gloss over that and just make it like this kind of caricature. She even says, like, this is why I just view things like I'm laughing on the inside. I will say yeah. her timing and her dry humor is exceptional. This little yeah. girl is great. She's, She's really, so really good. good. Um, and I love that. Like, we don't have to. Ex- we don't have to explain her clothing attire. We don't have to explain her haircut. It just is what it is. She constantly just like rocks it, and she makes a friend. A person who doesn't think that she's like not that she's not worthy of friends, but that she understands like how hard it is for folks to befriend her. In podcasts, yo, shout out to my guy. That's a that's a that's a cute little kid. Kids like that. Those characters in. I guess not Kobe Dean kid film and stuff like that can be rough. I think that he was appropriate. I really liked him. That that kid like portraying podcast like he was really good. Like he stole the scene like in lots and lots of shots, and it was w- w- well written. But like mentioning McKenna Grace, like this girl since that movie like Gifted with uh, with Chris Evans, she was great. Like, oh, as, like, that's the movie. Okay, old. she she looked familiar. And okay, then, cool. And I Tanya and I Tanya, she was like wow. I was just like wow oh, on the edge of my Tanya. seat. Even Malignant, that like horrible movie, she was the best she thing was out of that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was like the young, the young girl, like the girl when she when she I was young. She did a lot and, of stuff, bro. Wow. Yeah, okay. she is, and she's really, really yeah. good, good performer. Even here, like since that movie, like the, since the movie started, her haircut, like her hairstyle, they made it like look like her grandfather, like in Ghostbusters, like how his hair was sure. like that spiral like thing. They made it this way without like putting too much attention to it. Like, it's like the homage, like the simple way. That seat from the very beginning, like, oh, that's what uh, Sigourney Weaver was sitting on in the original one. When they went inside the house and they have like the symmetrical stacking of the books, like that one from the original when they went inside the library. All these things in the very beginning, like the very first scene, and without like, just look, the camera is rolling. It doesn't stop on on a, on a, on a scene, on, a, on, on anything for a second. Um, like as performances, like uh, like McKenna Grace, phenomenal. Like the kid playing a podcast, great, great, great casting for Paul Rudd. Like as we we all mentioned. Um, so tell me Carrie how Coon. I thought I thought this was Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon, yeah. Oh, 
Oh. Doesn't this look like Harry Coon for the movie? Uh, she does? No. No? She does for me. That's why I said, like, no, no, do you want me to say something this, about Carrie Coon? That's the chick from... I'm sorry. I, I, th this is the chick from Jane the Virgin. Hmm. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Right? Sure. I don't think she looks like her, no. <laughs> I, I think she looks Petra? just like her. Yeah, hmm. Petra. I was like, yo, uh, I, I, I don't know. So, Carrie Coon, I feel like I've heard her name for years, and I cannot think of a single thing that she's been in, like, just off the back of my head. Um, She was good. She, like, she was? Kind of like she was good. I believe this mom who's kind of just weathered and just like not giving up, but just like, you know what? It is what it is. These are my circumstances and I'm just going to rock with it. Ah, I guess I'm getting evicted. Ah, thank God my daddy died. I got myself a, a house that is a shithole, but I'm going to do whatever I can to make the best of it. Like I like those type of moms where they're not just like letting the world defeat them. This is a woman who just like yeah. sees the, like, the hand that she's been dealt and she's going to keep playing. Like- we don't yeah. have to dwell on the dad because the dad doesn't make her. She's still going to be a great mom to her kids. And while her kids to the world can be viewed as socially awkward, right? She knows the value of these kids, right? I will say Finn Wolfhard, he's definitely like a very kind of like typical teen boy. He sees a probably the, I'm going to say the first brown girl that he's ever seen before, but an ex, you know, a gorgeous brown woman in the middle <laughs> of Oklahoma. Honestly, he doesn't no, look 15. He does not look 15. He's he does I, not look I, 15. I, apparently he's 20 she's years be old now. Is he really? He's 20 years old now. Yeah. yeah. And like since this movie was like filmed in 20, early 2019. He's 20? So, so he's, he's, not, he's he turns, 17. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He turns 19 this year, guys. Chill oh out. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, like, okay. No but like, way he's 20. He was filming this like when he was like 17. I, I don't know. Maybe he, because he was tall. Like, uh, or he's tall. Like, I don't think that he, he yeah, does I not mean, look like 15. Stranger Things, kid, he's only got one or two maybe movies like in this area. Unfortunately, like the way that he's growing, it's just not going to be able to work. Yo, shout out to Bokeem Woodbine. There's a lot of other characters just kind of popped up in there and came and went. Um, you know, that, that young actress, I thought that like she was really good. You know, she was an interesting kind of like um, opposite to play, uh, you know, against Trevor, right? Like Celeste O'Connor. That is such a mature name. And she looks like... She looks like another actress. Like she looks like the 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 the, the Latina version of um of uh, China uh, China McLean. Hmm. I don't know who that is. Um, she was played Una in uh, the the um, what's the the Descendants? She's been in a bunch of movies. She's a Dis she's a Disney kid. Okay. Yeah, but, no, but the, the cast is great, man. I think I think I think the cast is like really fun. I like being able to see like some of the, these characters returning. I mean, story-wise, yo, yeah, the story gets a little hokey in the third act, but I think at that point, I, I don't think that the the goal of like what they're going up against is not the goal. I think it's how they come together as a family and connect that that made it for me. And like honestly, the moment no, but that we got Harold Ramis, and I, I don't know if it's been controversial of using that technology, um, but like that was beautiful. Like that definitely was. It was, that, that, it that was got, so emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. The what? Like seeing, being seeing Harold Ramis having Ramis like CGI'd. Like he died like six, seven sure. years ago or like nine years ago. Twenty fourteen. Like he died. One of the things. Oh, that like interesting. Like how will Ghostbusters be without him? You know, yeah. and that's why they they changed it like to be his his family, his descendants, his grandchildren. But bringing him back in that way was phenomenal. And I think also J.K. Simmons for a minute. Yes, right? sure, that sure, was sure, really yes. cool. Shandor, listen, yeah. like, wow. I agree with bringing him back. So, like, there is here's the thing: is like we have to acknowledge, right, that the third act is a completely different movie from the first two acts. The way that everything is okay, presented, that's fair. The cheesiness, the corniness, like it's it's a complete. The moment, like the mom and Paul Rudd become possessed by these creatures like it's just it's a different it's a much more like loony yeah, loony movie you know and it yeah. definitely it's very campy and it it definitely started to lose me a lot and then you know it we, we get a lot more of that and and i'm fine with like it, it didn't bother me as much the scene where like uh mckenna grace's character or I forget the character's name she's talking to the 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 villain gozer that's it She's talking to Ghost and she's like doing the jokes. Yeah. You know, I like that scene. I'm fine with that scene. Um, I was like, is that Olivia Wilde? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> um, and, and I don't have an issue, but like it definitely gets really, really campy. And then that moment with him 
it's really emotional. You know, we see him, and I knew it was going to happen, right? She's, like, trying to keep control of it, and I'm like, oh, he's going to come and help her. And then we see his hand, and he grabs, and it's, like, this beautiful moment. I felt all the feels inside of me, and I got emotional, and it was really nice. Very, very beautiful. I think he overstayed his welcome. I think that, like, he just lasted way too long. And, like, I don't like that everyone got to say hi to him and joke and, yeah. like, oh, you look good. And, like, oh. Okay. Like, why didn't he do that before? Yes. Yeah. And, like, so it really bothered me that it was, like, it was a sense to, like, oh, everybody gets to say goodbye. And they get to take their time to I say goodbye. I liked him communicating with the lights and the subtleties yeah. and that kind of stuff I really enjoyed. I would have liked for him to, like, help her. And, like, as soon as Gozer's captured and all the creatures start falling, he knows he has to say goodbye. And then I, I feel like him and his daughter, daughter Carrie, Coon's, Carrie Coon, looking at yeah, each other. He should he should have, yeah. And it, him, them looking at each other as he's fading and, like, just her acknowledging, like, my father was so much more than I thought. My father was a superhero, you know? Yeah. But just, it, it, he stays way too long. She gets to hug him. And it was just this whole thing where it's just like... Ugh, like I just believability. It, yeah, I think it it just got extended, I mean, and so it really it it changed the movie from what it was in the first two acts to something else in the second last act. Here's the other thing that tremendously bothered me. I don't know if you guys have anything to say on this, but one thing that bothered me tremendously is that at the end of the film, we just we forget about the characters from this movie. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else caught on to this. So but, you mean you mean like the the other side characters like the kids and stuff like that or with the side characters the, the main characters the main characters oh can I gotcha we don't we don't we don't get a conclusion like how they're impacted going forward by this ordeal nothing okay. we don't get a conclusion we don't see any we see the the three original Ghostbusters talking and chatting it up and da 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 everybody did a great job good job and then and then Winston's character goes up to the car. And he's just like, oh, baby, what have they done to you? I'm going to take you home and fix you up. Take you. What do you mean take you home? These kids just saved the world with this thing. <laughs> and you're just, you just decided by yourself. No conversation. I'm taking this car home with me. I'm taking everything home with me. It's all coming home. And then forget about it. We're not going to acknowledge the kids anymore. And then at the end, in the end credits, we're going to see. Uh, yeah. And the end credits we're going to see in the in the post credit scene that they he can, has bought back yeah. the, the firehouse. The kids are nowhere to be seen. We do not acknowledge them. Well, they don't show we don't up. See we don't, hear, the, the we don't hear a phone call. Yeah, we don't. We don't hear a phone call where they're just like, hey, you guys want to come to New York yeah. City? I got a condo for you. Like nothing. We don't. Nothing. Like it nothing seems like that acknowledges they, they are coming back in the second one for New York yeah, City. Well, and like, I, I, I will say to- this. It was definitely a little weird how it, I mean, it was weird how it ended because we, 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 we don't get any time like with our principal characters. We see Ecto-1 traveling to new york we don't see it yeah. stop anywhere we're just oh they're going back to new york we don't we don't necessarily know why there was no agreement right. that we saw in dialogue to say like yo the ghostbusters are back because honestly there's no mention of is there going to be continued threats to be honest it seemed like like the exactly ghost, like the ghost schools and god whatever they were gone for 35 years gone yep. but there was this particular well of like malevolent force that was just sitting and waiting and waiting and you know essentially spangler was the one that like would knew about this you know was con- he was only he wasn't able to convince anybody and made it his to the end of his life you know that he was going to sit here and protect because he knew that this would happen he had very limited resources did everything he could probably while going a little crazy at the same time but there's a very thin line between crazy and genius i would have loved the movie spent an extra five minutes setting up of what happens going forward. Yeah, I think that's the yes. way of passing the torch. This doesn't feel like the torch is passed. It seems like the torch was passed back, and it seems like that these that, that, yes. that's that's the part it of feels, a little weird. It feels like it feels like the torch was lost thirty years ago, and then these kids refound the torch, mm-hmm. and then the old Ghostbusters showed up and was like, "I'm going to take that torch back from you now," and like, and then and then just like, oh, "Bye bye now, kids." Yeah, and like, like that's the, what it feels the, like. The stinger should have been something where a. All the events of this stuff happening and everything like that, you know, they we see them get invited. A, you know, um, you're because I mean, I, if I'm understanding, um, Bankman is pretty rich. I think he's like a, a congressman or something like that. Whatever, right? Something. Like no, uh, Winston is super rich. Winston's super rich. Okay, cool. Winston Bankman is a, is a professor at like Harvard or something. Oh, gotcha. Said. Okay, yeah. so Winston should be like, hey, listen, you know, um, well, we can't let you live here. Um, yeah, come back to New York. 
Like, you know, if, if this is something that interests stuff like that, you know, I, I can't promise that, you know, spooks and specters are coming. Uh, but I know for a fact that, you know, this world is in good hands if you've got, you know, the uh, a trap in the plasma gun or like that. And, you know, they can just be sitting there waiting and waiting, waiting. Weeks go by and the phone call, the phone rings. Like, and it's the first time that it was wrong in forever. And then they pick up, you know, uh, and, and like little, something like that would have been great. Yes, 100%. 100%. But it was cool seeing Sigourney Weaver come back. You could live without that scene. You didn't need it. I would have liked her to you be like it, more but of I love, an integral part. But, you know. I love in the credits, like, like you see, like, the names, and then it says Sigourney Weaver, and, like, everybody said, like, we did not okay. see her. And then suddenly it cut <laughs> to yeah. see her afterwards. That was so good. Like, I loved yeah. it. It sounds like me. Like, I would have done the, the same, you know, like, oh, where was she? And then suddenly you hear her and see her. Like, of course, um, um, see, like, as you said, like, Janine and, like, Annie Potts, like, her voice is amazing. Yeah. She did not, like, it's iconic. That, like, it's iconic. Exactly. It sucks that there was Bo, no Bo, Slimer. Bo Peep, you know? It so. sucks that there was no Slimer. I, I would have loved to have Slimer in there somehow. You Rick Moranis, yeah, like Rick, Rick Moranis to, to come back and um, be like, I guess, they have been convincing him for 10 years to come for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. But after what happened to his family, he's coming. He's coming for that movie because they are filming now, so... Yeah, it would it would have cool. been it would have been nice to be able to get that yeah. little nod, but no, yeah. I I feel like this movie found a little pocket, and I I, I love Jason Wright because I feel like in the way that I think about um, revitalizing the properties that I grew up with as a kid, I think that he knows how to straddle that line of nostalgia than moving something forward. Um, like I said, the baton was a little fumbled at the end of this relay at the end of the film, but that may have been a Sony thing that could have been out of his hands. But well, I it this could have been him so because he's nostalgic about it too. Yeah, true. I mean, like, and for good reason. He literally grew up on this on this movie set, right? Like, that, yeah. that, like that's something that's 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 really interesting. The fact that he's so like you know tethered to this. But I I, I love the music in this movie. I thought I thought it was great. Like I said, missed shot on Bobby Brown's on our own, you know. But um, that like I'm gonna give that a mulligan um, for the next one. Um, but no, I thought, like I said, the, the the sound design, the mix is is phenomenal. I thought this movie looks really really good. I McKenna Grace is a really promising young career. Yeah. And however, like if they want to make this and like you know bring the podcast, his he decides to move over, or whatever. Like I want more of that kid. Give me some more of Paul. I thought the chemistry between Paul Rudd, you know, and um. And Carrie yeah, Coop was really, really yeah. good, you know, good yeah, too. Yeah, it was like, good until they became beasts. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was weird. And they just had to kind of deal with the fact that, like, yo, we did some stuff while we were uh, beastly. Um, I wonder how that's going to work out, you know, like, whew. Yeah. Do you have to worry about no, consent I... when you turn into a magical beast, demon? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, under possession. I think it, it's, it's excluded there. <laughs> but, no, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I definitely agree with everything you're saying. I... I think Jason Reitman, I can completely see his nostalgia. I'm surprised that it took until the third act for it to all start coming at us. I feel like he really reserved it to that last act. but Which I appreciate it. Which I definitely appreciate it. I wish it had lasted all the way through. But, like, those first two acts just feel like its own. And I love how he messes with us. I love, like, for example, like, when, when Finn Wolfhard's character is going, Trevor, he's uh, he's going and he starts lifting up the cover on the... Uh, on the station wagon and his phone dies. Like, it's just so, that was just such a clever way to do it's that. It's such mess a fun little yeah. tease. Like, it, yeah, it, it, just it, a it fun really, little tease. Yeah. It, it, it's nice the way how it That's is. That's why we feel related to time. him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I feel like he took his time. I think the, the pacing of the film was very patient. I think, I think, you know, it's funny because going into this movie, I don't know about you guys. I didn't put together that afterlife was like it's going to be the afterlife of someone else, and yes, so it was at the at, at the beginning of the movie. Did you guys know movie it, title? Did you? Yeah. Did you guys know it was Spengler from the beginning? Nope, did not. And the I fact didn't that either. that's not fully revealed at all. Not that like yeah. I didn't know because like I thought like well I guess it kind of makes sense since he's no longer with us, right? And that's yeah. an easy way narratively to kind of explain the fact that he cannot be in yeah. the film but you know in the in, in the opening of the of, of the movie we, we get this we do not see this person's face so yeah. i knew it wasn't dan Aykroyd. i knew it, yeah. definitely knew it wasn't winston and i didn't think that would it would be vagman right but um i thought it was cool I, it, it's it's no, really I delicate it's, it's how it's the ghost. ghost yeah i like yeah from the beginning i feel like oh okay it's him he's yeah. dead like so it's the ghost i no. I, I did and i thought i thought it was really cool i put it together like as soon as he dies i'm just i didn't know i still didn't know it was bangler but i was like yeah. oh afterlife okay we're i thought get he turned some ghostly interaction because he has that little gizmo and i thought he like put it on himself to make himself so i told you about this treatment that i wrote 
for a crossover because I said, okay, what Sony property can we cross over so we can make Sony some money? I said Ghostbusters and then um, 21 Jump Street, right? It's all Ghostbusters 23, where essentially you have Channing Tatum <laughs> and you have uh, uh, my other guy, right? And in this instance, they can't go undercover as teenagers. They got to go undercover as ghosts. So they kill themselves to become ghosts. It's great. I'm gonna put that thing out there one day. Don't steal it. If anybody's listening out there wow. right now, yeah, do not mention it. Here. Oh, no, no. What? Yeah, wait, wait. Go, Ghostbusters Go 23. It's, it's really, really good. Yeah, really, really good. I don't think uh, you're gonna sell a movie where characters kill themselves. I don't think you're gonna sell um, it. They Nobody's did it gonna take it. And it went really well. Yeah, but it wasn't suicide. Here. What are you talking about? 90s. He yeah. fell down a hole. No, no, no. Remember, they killed themselves to try to, like, his, he, he, no, did he? I thought he did it on purpose, He no? fell down a hole. Oh, he did fall down. Yeah, but you know, wow. it's, it's kind of jokey. So let's go ahead and wrap up and get into our, uh, our last thoughts, if anybody has. And I think me and Cole, we have given uh, lots of last last thoughts, but uh, or final thoughts. Uh, Shama, you got any final thoughts? Uh, again, like, I'm, I'm so happy with this movie. I'm so happy with the casting. Like, McKenna Grace, again, like, she is one of the most important assets of this movie it made this movie stronger her performance is great her voice is great she sang like this beautiful song like haunted house in that movie at the very end in the middle oh, she of the sang movie. that song yeah I shazammed that song in the theater her wow. voice is amazing like i did not i did not know that she sings i like her I said, you know what's wow. funny i thought i thought it was there was a second i was on my phone when this was when the song was playing all of a sudden i looked up i was like is this olivia rodrigo and then desiree showed me that she had shazammed it, and I didn't even. I looked at the name only to recognize that it was not Olivia Rodrigo, and I was like, "Okay, cool. I don't know who that is." And I kept doing my thing. So that's so funny. I didn't realize it was McKenna Grace. Oh, yeah, she is multi-talented like actress because the way she was performing wow. in I Tanya, that like was all her, like all these like ballet, ballet things, all these like gymnastics and all these movements were her. Wow. So she's she. I'm I cannot wait to see her like in a musical or something that like she can show all her talents. Wow, um, that's awesome. Overall, like, I uh, will not like, repeat what you guys have mentioned, but uh, I'm so happy with the outcome. I'm so happy with the product. It Could it have been better? It might a little bit, but, like, I believe that this is the best that can come out of the movie. He put what he can do as a very talented director and filmmaker in the first and second act, paying homage to the original and, and, the, and, and the fans and the fan base. He did it in the best way possible. I personally, I'm happy with it. I'm not like sad or angry or anything about like how the movie ended. It could have been better at that part because they are the future of Ghostbusters. The diversity, like seeing four people wearing these jumpers, like uh, two females, one of them is uh, is black and uh, and another boy that's like Asian. So you have like a white boy, an Asian boy, a female, a white female, and a, a, a black female. That was like great diversity to see like all these pe- four people wearing the Ghostbuster jumpers or suits or whatever they are. Uh, good inclusion, good diversity. Even one of the things that bothered me as a child from the very from the first movie, when when um, uh, Bill Murray's character was like t- um, tasing like the, the males like to, uh, to, to flirt with the females at the beginning. And in the post-credit scene here, like it's the payback for him. Like, okay, this is what you did like 35 years ago, 36 years ago, you're going to get it back. And I loved it. I loved it. Like they made it this way. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this film. I was so happy. Like I was cheering, crying, laughing, squealing, like nostalgic, everything, everything. What's real quick. Let's go ahead and get into scores before Desiree gives her final thoughts. What's your score? I'm at a 7.5. 7.5 tells me that your statement a second ago is incorrect. It could have been better. Because a 7.5 tells me that it's it could have been a lot better. It can oh, no, be no, no, no. Don't do that. Uh, it's still An eight still tells me that it could be two points higher. Oh, no, Great. no. I, any, any, anything can be better. I mean, I mean, to make the balance between these and that, I don't think they could have had a better way. Dre, final thoughts and score, please. Yeah, um, two things. One is I thought it was really seamless how separate the siblings were, but how they came together so nicely. It didn't feel forced or anything, just the fact that he happened to get the car and drive it out crazy and run into them, and then they all get in. It None of it felt forced, and I yeah. thought that was bravo. Um, and then the only other thing that I would say is two seats down from me in the theater, there was this little girl. I don't know how old she was. She was like 12, yeah. Yeah, she was like 12. No, she was like maybe like 14. Or, I don't know. She, 
we can't tell age anymore. She was young. <laughs> and she was so excited yeah. the entire film. Like she was like hopping up and down in her seat. And it wasn't just that she was loving the film. I don't know. It could be that, you know, she related to the main character. It could be that um, it was, you know, just exciting for her. Or it could be that this is nostalgic, like something her her parents had her watch at a younger age, and now she's super excited about it. Whatever it may be, she was super cute, and she had a milkshake container that was empty, and it had a straw in it. And every time she liked something, she would spin the straw in her milkshake container. And I don't know. I think that's just an indicator that this film is fun, and you should you should go see it. That's cute. What's your score? I'm with Shama. 7.5. He bumped it to an 8. But. Oh, so I'm at a 7.5. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still at 7.5. I said like, oh. I, I, when, when you said like, no, I said like, okay, like I still like 7.5. Colby, what's your score? I'm at an 8. My score? I'm also at an 8, actually. Oh, it doesn't make sense because I feel like <laughs> I love the movie more than you, so I would be at an 8. I don't know. Like, I think, I feel like I think I, so. I, I don't want to be there. Again, I, no, I, I don't know. I, I think the, fir- the first two acts are, are really, really exceptional. They're really something else. They're nearly perfect. And that last act just knocked it down some for me. It's not that it's bad. It's that it just made a different movie than what I was watching mm-hmm. before. And so it's not that the last act is bad. It just becomes much more uh, campy than, than, I, than the first two acts were. And so I would have liked to be consistent. I'm not going to knock it down a ton for that. I still think overall the film is really, really great. So, so put me back at an eight because I put Letterboxd and IMDb at an eight. So like four and eight. So let's be back at an eight. So that means that our cumulative report card here is a 7.8, which is funny because that is exactly the score that it has on IMDb. So uh, yeah, 7.8 cumulative report card. And that is it for our episode today on Ghostbusters Afterlife. We appreciate the listen. Uh, Everyone, please make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a ton. So if you could take 10 seconds getting on there, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. Everyone, let the folks know where they can find you. Colby Mac, we'll start with you. Yo, you can follow your boy. I'm on all the socials at Colby Told Me. That's K-O-L-B-Y-T-O-L-D me. So when they ask you where you heard of him, you can tell them Colby Told Me. And you can find me at Mohammed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Ezer Photo. That's E-Z-E-R on Instagram. And you can find me at The Raul Nevado. You can find us at mreportpod on Twitter and on Instagram. Make sure you check out the site, mreportpod.com, for tons of rain content on there. Yeah, check us out. But hey, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace.